Well, good morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. Thank you for being here in the house of the Lord and on our first Sunday of 2020. And I uh, do appreciate you being here faithful to the Lord's house. We're going to get started with a word of prayer and see what the Lord has for us this morning. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to come and worship and to praise you. Or, Lord, you are worthy of our praise and you are worthy of uh, all that's uh, due to you, Lord. We ask this morning, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would be with us, that you would join us this morning and uh, be in our presence, Lord, that we may be in your presence. Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts as only you can. Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. And Lord, for that one that's discouraged, disheartened, Lord, away from you, Lord, I pray that you would challenge their heart, convict them of their sins, and Lord, that they would grow closer to you this morning. All for your glory, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Morning. Go ahead and stand and turn to 391. 391. Back to 386, in number 386. 
focusing on our vision Sunday today. <clears throat> around, shake hands, and welcome our visitors.
371. Appreciate you being here in the Lord's house this morning, and uh, it's the first Sunday of 2020. Amen. And uh, if you're here this morning, you've got a perfect attendance on Sunday mornings. Amen. All right. So give yourself a pat on the back, and uh, and and I tell you what, keep it up. Make it 100% this year. And uh, I understand vacations and and uh, you know times that you're sick and things such as that, but Plan on being in the Lord's house every Sunday. If you don't plan to do it, you won't do it. Right? If you don't plan to be here, you won't be here. And so make sure you plan, make every effort that you can to be in the Lord's house every time the doors are open. Amen. That should be one of your New Year's resolutions, to be more faithful to God's house. I realize that there's a lot of people that are faithful, but I can tell you this, there's room for growth in every one of our lives. Amen. I don't know. I don't care where you've been, how long you've been saved. Uh, it's called progressive sanctification. We're not there yet. Some of uh, I know some that's been saved here over 50 years. 
Some have been saved over 50 years. Can I tell you, they would attest, and especially them, because they realize how much growth they still have after 50 years of being saved, they would say, I still got room for growth. There's still room for the Lord to work in my heart and my life. And so that's my challenge for you. Uh, and let's just say amen and close. Amen. No, I'm just kidding. You're not getting out that easy. Uh, but anyways, I do appreciate you being here. I've prayed about for some time about the direction, the vision for 2020. And um, uh, I, I have been praying and I try to get away from the, the, the common theme that's going to be out there this year of having a vision, 2020 vision. I, I, I really try to get away from that. But the Lord just kept steering me and steering me in that direction. He even gave me glasses to have 2020 vision this year. And uh, so uh, that's kind of where we're, the Lord had led me. I've been praying about it and praying about it. So this year, 2020, uh, we're having a, a vision theme. And the vision theme is this, having a vision for God. Having a vision for God. I believe, uh, Brother Adam, you can turn on those screens now. I believe with all my heart that 2020, what we need is a vision for God. Not a vision of self, not a vision for uh, anything else, but if we would have the proper vision of God, then all things would be in rightful and order. And we're going to preach about that this morning. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter number 6 this morning. Uh, but as, uh, Isaiah chapter number 6 verse 1, this is kind of where our theme is found I saw the Lord also, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. We need to see the Lord high and lifted up. We need to see him exalted in the place there where he is in his rightful position. I believe in 2020 that we need to be taking advantage of every opportunity that we have uh, to, to show the love of Christ to everyone. To the lost. The reason is because I'm convinced that we are living in the final days. I mean, the things that are going on today just affirm or confirm that the Bible is true, that it's ever relevant, to, uh, it's relevant today, it's, it's absolutely correct. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Do we not see that today? I mean, all we care about is me, mine, and my. You know, it's, it's all about me. And that's what the Bible says. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. I, you know, I've never seen a time in my life where people are so uh, looking upon themselves. It's all about them. It's such a self-centered society. But then it says covetous. The things that other people have, we want. And then it says boasters, proud, blasphemers. Tell you what, blasphemers, people that are blaspheming the things of God. We are seeing it today in our society. Disobedient to parents. Now, I know when I was a kid, I was disobedient to my parents. But I was never like the kids are today. If I was, I can tell you what, that man right there would have corrected me in a heartbeat. I mean, you just didn't do that. You just didn't back talk your parents. Hey, man, give me an amen out there. 
You just don't back talk your parents. You just don't talk about you. You know what I'm seeing today? I'm seeing kids that are just running the home. Why is our homes in such a wreck today? Because kids are running the home. There's no, hey, that is not how God planned it. Men, you need to get a backbone. This is off the message, but it's good anyways. But we need to get a backbone and say, hey, you know what? If you don't like it, lump it. Learn to live with it. Because, hey, if you men don't get a backbone, your kids are going to start running your home. You're, hey, the grandkids too. It's not just parents. It's uh, you as grandparents. You need, you need to... I know some, some people that their grandparents are good grandparents. They, they, they you know, they, they um, it's okay to spoil your grandkids. It's all right. I'm not saying that you can't spoil them, okay? But also, you need to also make them do right. They need to do right. You know, if, they, if they're not doing right, you correct them. You show them, hey, this is why we don't. Now, I don't know about you, but my dad... I, you know how mean and hateful he was to me. I mean, he was mean. Now, to his grandchildren, though, they can't do any wrong. Anybody out, other grandparents out there like that? There's a few of you out there like that. Grandparents, that's all right. Uh, but let me say this. Just because you're a grandparent doesn't mean that you're not to be obedient to the Lord first. Be obedient to the Lord first. And that was good. I don't know where it came from, but the Lord gave it to me. So Then it goes on to say unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. We've talked about this before, that without natural affection is abortion. Mothers not having a love for their children. That's what that without natural... Natural affection is that, uh, that love that mother has for her child. That's what that's talking about there. And if you, if we seeing it, we're seeing it today, folks. I mean, abortion, you need to stand against that. It is ungodly. God never, hey, God formed thee before in the womb. Okay, and we need to, we need to has take a position on that as, as Christians. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away, for of this sort are they that which creep into houses and led captive silly women laden with sins, led away with their diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen and amen. That's where we are today. I believe that it's wise to have a vision. Twenty uh, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, "Where there is no vision, the people perish." It doesn't matter if you're young or old. Having a vision is uh, uh, will keep you committed to the cause. Caleb said this in Joshua fourteen twelve. Now therefore, give me this mountain. What's so uh, interesting about that verse is Caleb was eighty five years old. He was he was beyond his fighting years, and and he said, uh, I want to claim that promise that's mine. And he had to fight for it, but he was willing to do so. This year we're going to be uh, up against sin, Satan, and self, and and. and uh, but we're going to have to be determined to fight for the cause. David said, is there not a cause? Yes, absolutely, there is a cause worth fighting for. 
And just because we've experienced some great victories in 2019 does not mean it's time to hang up our hats and time to get our work, it's time to get our work boots on and keep on trudging and keep on uh, going forth for the glory of God. This morning, I just want to share my heart and my vision for 2020. Again, the Bible says, where there's no vision, the people perish. And I believe that God has a vision for His people. And His vision includes a plan. There's a plan. And I'm so thankful for the plan of salvation. Aren't you, God, for God to love the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That plan was that the Son of God was going to be come to this earth and He was going to be born to die. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess thy mouth with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. In his vision for the world, he was willing that he was not willing that any should perish. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, some men count slackness. But as long-suffering usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's not willing that any, no, not any, no, not one, but that all should come to repentance. I'm so thankful for the plan, and I'm so thankful for the payment for that plan. God was not willing that any should perish, so in his plan there, was, there had to be a payment for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus took my sins on so that I might be free. He died on the cross of Calvary to, Calvary to provide payment for my sin. The blood that Jesus shed that day was for the remission of my sins and not mine only, but for the sins of the whole world. See, when Jesus died on the cross, he took his own blood and and went to heaven and he poured it upon the mercy seat to make atonement for your sins. Jesus' blood paid it all and all to him I owe. With his blood, the payment was made. It was satisfied. I thank God for his plan and his payment, but then for his promise. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm glad for the promise that He has given me that is forever. What God does, He does all things well. Without the plan, the payment, and the promise, we would be hopeless and helpless. Everything would be in vain this morning. Coming to church, waking up early. I don't know about you, how many had a hard time waking up this morning? I did. I did. I tell you what, I was sitting there sleeping, and my phone went off, and Miss Christie says, it's time to get up. And I said, hit the snooze button. Then I? I did not want to get up this morning. I was tired. I was tired, but you know what? Thankful that I did. Thankful I did. Had Jesus not suffered and sacrificed his life for you and for me, it's all be in vain. What separates our God from any other God is that our God is not in a tomb. The tomb is empty, amen? amen. See, he's, he lives today. He's, he's sitting at the right side of the Father, making ever intercession for you and for me. He walks with me and he talks with me and he, and he is a great God to serve. 
As I was thinking this week about what all Jesus has done for me, I began to have an even greater respect, an even greater reverence for our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I realized this morning and this week that I'm unworthy of such great love. Do you realize that this morning? That we're unworthy of such great love? Now get this verse, Romans 5, 8. You know these verses. But God commendeth his love towards us. But get this part here. And that while we were yet sinners. That part right there sticks out to me because you know what? Not that I was lovable. But that I was unlovable. I mean, I was in a position that, I, I mean, you look at me and you would say, I won't have nothing to do with him. God loved me anyways. Christ died for me anyways. He done that. You know, you realize those folks that were around saying crucify him, crucify him were the same folks that he died for. I believe that when we come into the presence of the Lord, that there are some things that take place. There will be a change in your life. I think of Moses when he had came into the presence of the Lord. Moses hid his face from God. He was afraid to look upon God. He had a holy reverence for God. When we come to church in the presence of the Lord, there needs to be a reverence for the Lord as you come into the church. This is a holy place. This is a sanctified place. See, we are standing on holy ground. When Moses came into the presence of the Lord, it caused him to say this, Lord, who am I? When he saw the Lord for who he was, he said, Lord, who am I? Who am I? I'm slow of speech. I'm slow of tongue. God does not just call the gifted. He gifts the called. See, it's not, here's the fact, it's not who you are. It's who he is. He is God, and with God, all things are possible. And I believe when we have the proper vision of who he is, we will have the proper vision for what he wants in our lives. In Isaiah chapter 6, that was a long introduction, but I was half my notes. So in this story, Isaiah had a vision. He had a vision. Look there in verse 1. The Bible says, In the year that King Uzziah died... I saw also the Lord upon, sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. His train. You see, and there, during this time, Isaiah was upset. He was upset because the leader had, has passed on. Moses had passed on. Now uh, uh, Joshua is in uh, leadership, and, and Isaiah is here, and, and he's the one to take on the, uh, the leadership. And he's, Uzziah is dead, and he says, you know what? He's all upset. And now God is comforting him by having a vision. He looks up and he sees the Lord high and lifted up. I believe in order for us to have the proper vision, we need to see God for who he is. So number one, we need to have a proper vision of the Savior. A proper vision of the Savior. We need to have a proper vision of who God really is. 
He is the God, the creator of the universe. He's the one that spoke this place in existence. He's the one that in all in six days, all things were created by him and for him and for his pleasure were they created. And then on the seventh day, he rested. He is almighty God. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the I am. He is the Jehovah God. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is Jehovah God. He is the sweet rose of Sharon. He is the lion of Judah. He is and always will be God. Now once we get a proper vision of who God is, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. The Bible says in Psalm 5.3, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayers unto thee, and I will look up. Hey, we need to look up to God. Psalm 121 verse 11 says, or 1 says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Luke 21, 28 says, And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. See, three things stuck out to me about Isaiah as he looked at the Lord at high and lifted up. The Bible says he saw him sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Now the throne, you know what that symbolizes? It symbolizes the Lord is the true king of kings. He's the one that deserves all glory and praise and honor. He is the king of kings. But then also we see God is high and lifted up. This symbolizes his position over the world. And then we see his train speaks of his royalty and his majesty. Folks, we need to see God for who he is. We need to see him for who he is. Isaiah saw him and he realized and he, who God really is. He saw him as the only true God. He is God. He is uh, my Lord and my Savior. He is my God. Until we have the proper vision of who God is, we will never have the proper vision of what God wants in our lives. If we think he's just, he's just up there wanting to strike us with a bolt of lightning, or uh, if we have the wrong vision of who he is, we'll never know what he wants. See, when he had, Isaiah had the proper vision of the Savior, it caused him to have something else. It had him the proper vision of self. Look there in verse 5, it says, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. He said, woe is me. He saw the Lord high and lifted up. He saw him as God, as the creator of the universe. He saw him for who he truly, truly is. He is Jehovah. And he, you know what he said? He's, he says, you know what? He says, I, he says I, woe unto me, I am, uh, for I am undone. I am unworthy. I, I don't deserve your love. When Isaiah saw God for who he, he really is, it caused him to look at himself. And the word Isaiah used was woe, which that word woe means judgment. Judgment be upon me. That's what he's saying. I deserve your judgment, not your love, not your mercy, not your grace. I deserve your judgment, God. Get a hold of that for a minute. When you look at God, you see God for who he truly is. You realize this morning what we deserve is judgment. For he is a righteous, holy God, and we are wicked sinners. 
See, we are to compare ourselves with Jesus and Him alone. And when we do that, we will be humbled and realized we need Him. Isaiah realized he didn't deserve God's love. And I'll tell you, we can look at other people and think, hey, I'm better than that guy. I, at least I do this. And at least I'm not that. But I tell you what, we, you know when we compare ourselves? We usually compare ourselves with people that are that not as at a spiritual level as us in our eyes. We compare ourselves with someone that's not doing as much as we are. And that's why God says, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. We're not to compare ourselves with each other. When I look at you, I might think, well, that guy's he's a lot better than me. Or he's, I'm doing a lot more than him. But when I look at God and I compare myself to him, you know what I see? I'm nobody. I am nothing. I'm nothing without him. Now, I might be able to exalt myself when I look at you, or you might be, exalted, be able to exalt yourself when you look at me or someone else. You may be saying, oh, I, I'm this. And, but when we see God high and lifted up, we see ourselves low. See, when I compare myself to the Lord... I have to say, woe is me. I deserve God's judgment, not his love. The Bible says that the seraphim came and put a live coal upon his mouth. And this symbolizes the Holy Spirit's job in a lost sinner's life, which re uh, removes the guilt and the sin is purged away. Isaiah saw himself unclean, undone, and that's when the Lord saves someone. When we get to the point that we see our need without him, one is lost and condemned on his way to hell until he or she accepts that free gift of salvation. See, he was humbled. If he saw the high, if he, if respect about our church, and I love about our church, is that we come together as a team. Yesterday we came together, we got a lot accomplished. I have to say this, that we came together as a team. It wasn't, well, look what I'm doing. It wasn't, hey, all the glory goes to this person. It was this, we want to do this for his glory. When we do things for his glory, he gets all the praise and all the honor. Folks, if, if you do what you do because you want someone to say, oh, I appreciate all you do and you're such, a, you're such a good Christian and there's your reward. And I tell you what, that won't matter in a, anything when we get to heaven. The Bible says there's your reward. There's your reward. After Isaiah had the proper vision of the Savior, then he realized he had a proper vision of self. He realized he was a sinner. He was undone. But then I want you to notice the final thing here. When we have a proper vision of Savior, we'll have a proper vision of self, and then finally we'll have a proper vision for souls. For souls. Look there again in verse 5. It says, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. He says, I'm in, the, I'm, I'm in the midst of the same people as I, I'm wicked and undone. And these people are, 
in the same position. They need the Lord just the same. Isaiah started at that time, at the time as soon as he realized his need for the Savior, it caused him to see the need of those around him. Folks, when you got saved, wasn't you thankful that you that God redeemed you, that you're no longer on your way to hell? I know for me, it, it done something to my heart, and I was so thankful that God saved me, but you know what also it did? It made me realize that there's family members that I have, there's friends that I have. And then later on, I didn't just care about my friends and my family, but I said there's other people that need to be saved too. People I don't know need to be saved. See, we have it all wrong when we think we have everyone else's problem figured out. But it was not until Isaiah saw his own need that he could help others. Listen to what Matthew 7, 3 says. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thy eye, and behold, a beam is in thine eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. When he have a proper vision or proper view of the Savior and who he truly is, that he is God. He, sat, he had a proper vision of who he was, a sinner that needed a Savior. And then he had a proper vision of our view for souls. There are sinners out there that also need the Lord. People need the Lord. I know it's a song out there. I love, I love hearing the song. I, 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 people need the Lord. It's a true. It's true. Why is there crime so rampant in this world? I'll tell you, people need the Lord. Why is there so much fussing and fighting going on in this world? Because people need the Lord. You think about this. Do you think there's going to be do you think there's going to be crime in heaven? Do you think there's going to be fussing and fighting, feuding in heaven? Absolutely not. Why? Because we have the Lord. There'll be no more sin, no more sorrow. We have the Lord. See, there's no room for sin. There'll be no more sin. When Moses had the proper vision of God, he said this, Who am I? When Isaiah had the proper vision of God, he said, in verse 8, he says, Hear my Lord, send me. He saw himself, he saw the Lord high and lifted up. He saw himself as a sinner that needs to be saved, and he saw souls that need to be saved as well. And then he said this, Hear my Lord, send me. We have the right view of our Lord, and we come into his presence, he will change our lives forever. It will cause us to come into action. When a person has a proper view of the Lord, they will leave changed. One day, you say prove it, one day Saul came into, uh, uh, a Christian martyr came into the presence of the Lord. And you know what he said? In the book of Acts, verse 9, verse 6, it says this, And he trembled, he saw the Lord, and he trembled and was astonished and said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? When Saul saw who the Lord really is, and when he came into his presence, it caused him to say, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? 
These three men had a vision of the Lord, and there are many other examples, but it caused Moses to say, who am I? It caused Isaiah to say, Lord, here am I, and it caused Paul to say, what will thou have me to do? When I surrendered my life to the Lord and began to pray about the will of the Lord for my life, I found myself a little like Moses saying, who am I? Lord, who am I that you would want to use me? I'm inadequate, I'm incapable, I'm insufficient, I'm insignificant. I think to myself, why would God want to use me? God spoke to my heart and said, yes, I understand who you are, I know who you are, I know what you are, I know what you've done. The Bible says this in Mark chapter 10, verse 27, this is one of the things that Lord helped me out with. He said, and Jesus looking upon them saith, with men it is impossible. He said to me, he says, you know, you're right. With you, it's impossible. You're not going to be able to do anything for my glory. But he says, but not with God. For all things, for with God, all things are possible. I can use you. I can use you. Then I thought about Saul or Paul, commonly known. I said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? God, I know all my weaknesses. I know all my failures. What will you have me to do? I, I understand, Lord, where I am. I, but what would you have? What can I do? And he says this to me in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Then I felt like Isaiah a little bit, and I said, Lord, okay, here am I, send me. Church, our vision for 2020 should focus around this. Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. If we'll love the Lord and see him for who he is, and we'll love our neighbors as ourselves, we can see some great and mighty things done for the glory of God. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I hope this morning that you have a vision for the Lord high and lifted up, exalted, magnified for who He really is. He's our friend, yes, but He is our Holy Father. He's our righteous judge. We need to see Him, have the proper vision of the Savior. And when we do, we'll have a proper vision of self. We'll see ourselves not high and lifted up as we see the Savior, but we'll see ourselves low and in need of a Savior's help. And when we see that, we'll say, Lord, I see others that are in great need as well. God, help me. Let, Lord, hear my, send me, use me. I'm not much, but God, I want to be used for your glory. 
and we can see some great and mighty things done which we would never comprehend. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I, I don't even know for sure I'm saved. I don't even know for sure. I've got some questions. I've got some doubts. No one else is looking. Hey, this is the first Sunday of 2020. Maybe God spoke to your heart this morning about your need of salvation. You've been coming to church for some time, but God spoke to you this morning. I need to be saved. I've got some questions. I've got some doubts. Pastor, please pray for me. Anyone like that? Would you raise your hand? Anyone? I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Anyone? You say, Pastor, I'm saved. But I haven't had the proper vision of God for who he really is. I see him this morning high and lifted up. I realize, I realize that he deserves all glory and honor and praise. He's the one that's in control. Lord, I, I see the Lord in his rightful position. And that caused me to see myself in need of his help. I need him. I, I, I'm abased. I'm humbled this morning. I, I, need, I need the Lord in every avenue of my life. I need him everywhere. I see that this morning. I've never seen that. Maybe I haven't seen that in a long time. But Lord, open my eyes to see him high and lifted up this morning. Pastor, I need your prayers. I want to see him high and lifted up. Pastor, yes, I see those hands. Yes. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm saved. But I'm not living for God. I need to make a New Year's resolution. I need to make a New Year's commitment, a New Year vow that I'm going to start living. I'm going to start being faithful to God's house. I'm going to start being faithful to my Bible reading. I'm going to be faithful to my prayer time. I'm going to be faithful to God. I'm going to view, have a vision of God this year. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone like that? All right. As the Lord has spoke to your heart, I'm going to have a word of prayer. I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar as the Lord has dealt with you. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I thank you for giving us a vision, a vision of the, for you, high and lifted up, exaltified, exalted and magnified. Lord, I thank you for all that you do in our lives. Lord, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise for it. Lord, there may be one here this morning that doesn't know you. I pray for that one, Lord, that they would see their need. Lord, that you would open their eyes, Lord, that you would, the Holy Spirit of God would work upon them, that they would be saved this morning. Lord, for that, those that realize this morning they, didn't, they, don't, they haven't seen you high and lifted up, they, that maybe they've had themselves on the throne or whatever, maybe they had family or whatever the cause, I don't know, I'm not their judge. But Lord, this morning they realize this morning that they need to have the proper vision of you. God, I pray that you continue to do a work in their lives, Lord, that they would submit wholeheartedly to you. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do. For those that realize their need to start living for you, God, I pray that you would help us. Help us to start living and walking for you, being totally submitted, being a vessel of honor for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Ms. Haley is going to begin playing softly. Would you stand to your feet as God has spoke to your heart? I'm going to challenge you to come. Find a place at the altar. Maybe you need to make some New Year's resolutions, some New Year's commitments to the Lord. Lord, I'm going to be more faithful to your house. I'm going to be more faithful to your word. I'm going to be more faithful to the Bible. I'm going to be more faithful, whatever the cause. I'm going to be a better father. I'm going to be a better husband. I'm going to be a better uh, a ch a child. I, I don't know where God spoke to you this morning, but if he did, 
Harden not your heart. Hearken unto the Lord. Heed unto Him. I surrender all. So many times we have the wrong view of the Savior. What we need is to have a proper view of Him. Praise the Lord, you may be seated. I want to give you just a few announcements this morning. I want to remind you of a couple things. I would ask also this morning that you'd pray for Brother Greg and Miss Suzanne. They're on, they were on their way back from Florida, I believe it was, where they were. Where they were. And on their way back, Brother Greg got very ill. He's not feeling well at all. Um, so bad in all these years that they've been married, um, Miss Suzanne hardly drove at all. When they went on vacation, she hardly ever, maybe a few miles or something, to just give him a break. But he got so sick that she had to drive most of the way. And um, so Miss Suzanne was telling me, that's just not Brother Greg. So I, I just ask that you would remember Brother Greg and Miss Suzanne. Uh, I think they're traveling this morning. They're supposed to be traveling back from, they stopped in Nashville, I believe, or Knox. Nashville, was it Nashville? They stopped in Nashville uh, last night just to get some rest and um, uh, and I prayed for him last night just the Lord just strengthen him and, and uh, things such as that so remember Brother Greg uh, in your prayers also um, Brother Kirk is having surgery this Wednesday I ask that you would remember him as the Lord's uh, as he's having a procedure and pray the Lord uh, just guide the doctor's hands and be with him and uh, just some unspoken things also for their uh, for Brother Kirk and Miss Mona, and wish, would ask that you just remember them in your prayers. Uh, let me give you a couple other things to pray about. Pray our, our missionary of the week, Brother Keith Davidson. We love him and support Seedline Ministry, so remember them in your prayers. Our Deacon of the Week, Brother Travis Ivers, appreciate him. And our uh, Trustee of the Week, Brother Jack Schaus, appreciate all he does around our church. And, and then also our Family Week is uh, Robert and Jennifer Nash. So remember these folks in your prayers, if you would, please. I have uh, just a couple other announcements I want to remind you of. Right after our, our afternoon service, I'm going to give you just a quick devotion, and then we'll go into our business meeting. Uh, just kind of go over the things uh, from last year, uh, the finances and such as that for last year. So that shouldn't be a long service. So if you're able to stick around, please stick around for that. And then um, on February the 1st, we're going to have prayer breakfast again here at our church. Uh, always enjoy that time of fellowship there. And then on February the 11th, uh, this is a Tuesday. Uh, we're, we're doing something a little bit different this year. We're going to go to uh, the Putnam Inn, and uh, I'm going to talk to them. It's, they're closed on Monday, so we're going to do it on Tuesday. And uh, at 7 o'clock, we're just going to have a sweetheart's dinner and uh, just a time 
uh, just to get together as a church. We're not gonna, it's not going to be a formal thing, uh, but just to get together, have a nice little dinner together as a church family with your uh, loved one as well. And uh, uh, maybe, Brother John, maybe Miss Marla might, might decide to take you. I don't know if, but anyways, all right. I think that's all the announcements that we have this morning. We'll have the men come forward. We'll take up this morning's tithes and offerings. Brother Peyton, sir, would you please ask a blessing on the offering, sir? Again, thank you for being here this morning. Let's go ahead and stand. We'll close in a word of prayer. Appreciate you being here. I want to ask Brother Caleb McGinnis, sir, would you close us in a word, sir? Dear Lord, thank you so very much for letting us have this morning. Uh, Lord, I just thank you that uh, we've been able to start off the new year just gathered together in this uh, house of worship. And Lord, I just pray that you ignite a desire in every member of this church to just want to be more a part of this church this year, whether uh, attending more, whether serving more, uh, just in whatever way that we can, Lord, I just ask that you help us to have that desire. Guide us now as we prepare to go back out into the world. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.